Welcome into the Jesus Follower. Hello, Daniel. Hello, Andrew, and everyone that's out there with us. We're super glad to be back with you again. Thanks for being here. Back at it again. We hope you're doing well. We don't mention this often, but um, we usually say it at the back. I don't know if y'all listen that long, but we are a ministry and sponsored by essentially Rolling Hills Baptist Church in Fairfield, Ohio, and uh, all of our funding, all of our you know employment comes from Rolling Hills. We're part of that faith body here. So, especially with our conversation today, it's in that context that we uh, come to you today, wherever you are. That's right. Yeah, we uh, we are going to actually look at uh, some of the ministries of the church and some of the the vision and the the mission mindedness of the church and kind of talk that out a little bit today. We're getting ready to go as a church on a uh, state side, not state side, but countryside anyway. Mission trip. We're going up to Michigan on Thursday, um, and so we kind of want to cover some about uh, why we do that, uh, what the mission is, and. You know, try to answer some of the questions that people have sometimes when they hear about folks going out of area to do ministry. Sometimes people have some questions when it comes to that. Yeah, there could be some objections because there is a lot of need in Fairfield, Ohio. There's a lot of need even within the church. So we talked a couple weeks ago about our budget and um, with that, that we have to say yes to some things, no to other things, just by nature of a budget. It's limited in nature. We have certain amount of dollars that we have and that we could spend that people, you know, it's all uh, built into that. So one of the things we say yes to is missions. So Daniel, why, if there is so much need everywhere, why, why do we stake out a specific ground in local, you know, countryside and global missions? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. It's a very valid question, I think. And and some people say, you know, some people do struggle because there there are always a number of things right where you are uh, that a uh, number of lost folks, uh, oftentimes of opportunities to share the gospel. So why go elsewhere? And uh, kind of one of the foundational verses, I think, you know, I find it really interesting in Acts one uh, eight, and it said Jesus says this, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of times we we spend the majority of our time throughout the year ministering in our Jerusalem. Uh, so, in other words, for them, Jerusalem was kind of home base. And so mm-hmm. the large majority, and that's the key, you know, a lot of times people say, well, why do you go do that? Well, the thing is, is that the number of weeks within, throughout the year that we're anywhere other than our local context is really a very small portion and percentage of the entirety of the year. Right. So the key is, I think, that we're, we're maximizing our effectiveness on target in our Jerusalem so that when open doors come for us to be able to go out and help other believers, encourage other churches, then we can take that opportunity because we have been effective in our Jerusalem. And uh, so I think it's really fascinating the way that he lines that out. Jerusalem, Judea, which is kind of the region, Samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth. So there is this kind of... We're going to the world with the gospel. 
that that the Bible takes that kind of approach, and we kind of have that commission, I think. And so the large majority of it is spent right here in our Jerusalem. And so when we talked about budget, uh, a large portion of our budget is spent in ministries like, you know, we were just blessed to be a part of today where we go to the school and we share the gospel there right at our back door. So that's kind of, and you mentioned it, you said that's kind of a, a mission work and, and, it kind of is because there's a lot of those kids as you talk to them that may not know truly the gospel of Jesus Christ may have not been raised in church. And so uh, for weeks and weeks throughout the year, that's more of our mission field. Yeah. But there are times and opportunities where we want to go and we see this in a big way with Paul. You yes. want to go and encourage other churches, other believers, maybe even start churches, plant churches, and help in areas where there isn't as much of a gospel presence there. And, and so we all are a part of the same family in Jesus Christ. And so when we have the chance to go and to encourage this, this particular trip, and then I'm going to let you um, say some things after this so I don't just keep rambling. But uh, this particular trip is we are going to work with a church plant. And so this is a newer church and it's a friend, a pastor friend of mine. And I'm so excited to see him. They came down here as well and stayed at the church and worked in our community and helped some of the folks of the church. And so we want to we want to share the love of Christ with them and with that area and join in the work of the ministry with them. And so we are privileged to go do that for them where they are in uh, upper state Michigan, not quite UP, but uh, a little bit northern part of Michigan. And so for one, not even a week, really, not even a full week, but for a few days, we have the privilege to go up there and join alongside them and help encourage them and help hopefully strengthen them in prayer and in ministry and and just join alongside of them. So it's really exciting. It's a great opportunity and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It is. Yeah. We're excited that you all get to go. Lauren and I are staying back. But um, I, I think just the, the more you're talking, I'm thinking about it. This isn't a foreign concept in the history of the church. Really, the gospel in its nature requires that just by by nature of it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of an analogy like in it. it I don't know. Just the, the, the simple way of it is that the gospel does not stop and end with your salvation. The natural response of the local church here in Acts, I turned to Acts 2, um, as they grew, it said they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with all, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to the uh, meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people every day the lord added to their number those who were being saved so really it was a it was a party yeah they were enjoying what they were doing and that enjoyment came by sharing their material possessions and becoming even materially more poor than they were before for the sake of another so that's kind of where our heart originates and comes from is that in this gospel message it says that just uh, if we die with christ and we'll be raised with him and just as christ gave himself for us and we have the full benefit now of his sonship of of god the father and and all that entails christ is our brother the scripture says so in that standing we have all of the riches of god 
And with that, now the freedom to give of ourselves, both materially and our time and all the our our perspectives and our goals become completely different. So really what it all boils down to in, in today is that we believe the world's ultimate problem is being lost. It's not being poor or, you know, things other people might say, anything politically related, climate change, um, you know, illiteracy, uh, things that harm us that are definitely problems in society. We believe those are problems. We could bless people by solving and helping towards those. That's, you know, uh, we can meet people in that way, like in the schools, but that's not the ultimate problem. The ultimate problem is that they are without a savior dead in their sin, as scripture says, in in need of a savior. So as that savior is needed here in our church in Fairfield, Ohio, so it is also needed in Michigan, in all the all the parts of the world. And really another part of that passage is huge is that we are in the other most parts of the earth. So all of the Christian history since Christ is one of the gospel spreading. And now we are the uttermost parts of the earth. So now we get to apply that in our sense, but just it speaks to the power of God that we are the, you know, farthest even from uh, the Middle East where this all began. Yeah. From the origination kind of, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, you may classify Michigan as Samaria, like a Samaria maybe because it's not in our general Ohio region, right? Maybe, I don't know. And in Jamaica, maybe the uttermost for us in our context, and uh, but but I think I think that the the, the real thing is too, and I, and I think this is beneficial. You know, when when you are blessed to have a, a lot of outward motion, a lot of, a lot of motion like that, it does multiple things at the same time, and that's one of the things that that I'm really blessed by too. So it doesn't just yeah, the team that gets to go is super blessed, but there's a whole lot more involved in the body than just the team that's on ground. You know, we talked about it last night. You talked about it last night at the Bible study. You know, you've got people back here that are praying. So they're a part of that mission, too, because they're lifting it up to the throne of God. You've got people back here that have given coats. We're doing a coat drive up there to help the folks in the community that have given coats, that maybe have given funding uh, to help make it possible. They're a part of that, too. Then you have folks back here who uh, you're going to fill in preaching uh, on Sunday morning that may not get the chance. It's it's great. It's a great opportunity uh, to, to let the, the Lord shine through others uh, in ministry uh, back here and, and just to show that that God is everything and God is enough and and it's not it doesn't rely on one person necessarily that we're all part of this body of Christ and when we all join together we're able to go we're able to have a team sharing the gospel in Michigan while you still have groups of folks here sharing the gospel in Ohio or a team in Jamaica sharing the gospel while a team still is here in the Jerusalem sharing the gospel and so the gospel gets to go out all the way around and the team that goes is growing. The team that's back here is growing, maybe in prayer or in giving or in preaching or in. Uh, and so you just see this. Uh, you know, I always think about it as like a you know when a pond doesn't have an outflow, an inlet, and an outflow, the pond becomes stagnant. It just becomes green and nasty and yucky. And for the church, I think it's the same way. When you don't have the flow, then it can become this very inward focused mentality that becomes very stagnant and. Complete 
complacent. And I think it's detrimental when that's the case. I don't think that's what God has told us to do. I think he says, go and make disciples of all nations, you know, and, and he tells us here, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. So so I think, it, like you said, it's it's following the, the mission of Christ. And it's not just uh, a lot of times we think, well, we're not part of the team that's going but as the church is a body, you really are more part of that team that's going than what sometimes we think. Mm. And sometimes people are like, well, I can't go on this one. I can't. Well, but if you're praying, if you're giving, if you're ministering here, the body is still the body. It's still Christ's church. And you're still accomplishing and working toward the same mission wherever you are. Uh, and, and that's just an incredible thing to think about. I know when we went to Jamaica, I was so blessed by the fact that people that may not always get an opportunity to teach, for example, were yeah. able to step up and teach. And I'm like, man, mm. you, grow, you grow through that. Right. Or, or I really have grown through that in my life and ministry when people just said, you know what, I'm not going to be here. Will you, will you take this opportunity and, and share what God's laid on your heart? You know? Yes. And I think with that, your capacity is greater than you know, and I'm sure that you expect. I know it's been true in my life that, uh, you know, either you feel low on the, the totem pole, you feel like you're not equipped for a certain situation or gifted in that certain situation, so you hedge your bets. You don't expect as much or you think, I can't do this, uh, so no one's going to be impacted. It's just going to flop. But I think with that, and as God has shown, you're, you're, you're capacity for ministry is as big as the Holy Spirit is. Any, All of us are sinful, and it's easy in our American culture just to think, consider the church in our minds for its power structure, you know, and say, uh, you know, there's the pastor up top and maybe deacons in our setting and other ministry, uh, you know, church leaders, ministry leaders, volunteers, and then you might not be really involved or new to the church and feel like you're at the bottom. And with that, feel like you can't really do a lot because you're not in a position of power. But that's not what the the scriptures describe at all, yeah. and that really uh, is, is is really harmful for yourself as well as the church at large. We see a different view of the church in the scripture, and I turn to First Corinthians uh, twelve. It says, uh, for just as the body is one, and as many parts, you're talking about the body of Christ, yeah. um, and all the parts of that body through many are one body, so also is Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all given one spirit to drink. Indeed, the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body. It's not for that reason any less a part of the body, and if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. It is not for that reason any less a part of the body. So you 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 can be saying that missions trips or praying for mission teams is a thing for the people higher up in the church, and it should be a thing for my ministry leaders. But it's not necessarily a thing for me. It won't matter as much if I don't pray. That's not what scripture says no. at all and really it's the opposite yeah. that 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 is your job that's my job that's all of our jobs we're in one body and just say if, if you're the head daniel of well christ is the head of the church but say yeah. you're uh you know another part that's more crucial say you know a hand something that's very visible that doesn't do anything without a shoulder you know or the yeah, elbow we right. need everybody involved or else it it it, it 
the spirit won't be limited, but in our setting, it will be limited and the spirit will find somewhere else to work and we won't be able to share in that blessing because we limit those opportunities, those expectations by those misunderstandings informed by our culture instead of scripture. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what, you know, because we know person or group can do everything. It literally takes the body. I mean, it's yes. And when, you know, I shared this illustration, I think on Sunday night, but you know, when you, when you overwork a part of the body to compensate for a part that's not, then that part usually ends up damaged or injured. And that's the same way in our physical bodies as it is in the church. You know, we have a, we have a, not a great statistic in the life of the church that floats around that 20% of the people does 80% of the work and 80% of the people uh, do, you know, and so it's, it's not a great statistic, but there is a lot of truth in that, unfortunately. And it's, it's trying to get the, the, the majority to see the vision. Like God has a purpose. He's got a plan, you know, in that same passage in verse 18, now have God set the members of every one of them in the body as it hath pleased him. So God knows where you're needed. And as he, leads you to the church he's gifted you for the for that body because he knows the area that you're needed in and so it all functions yeah. together in just such a uh, such a beautiful way uh, but but the other thing is that you know the other cool thing about our missions this year with Jamaica and is that we're partnering with churches in the area and I remember mm. when when the Michigan team came down here what a what a breath of fresh air what an encouragement to have a whole group of people come for for the sole purpose to help you minister in the area. And it just yeah. kind of it kind of uplifts, it kind of strengthens, you kind of feel motivated and and driven. I mean, it's just a, it's a real encouragement because sometimes we can get kind of bogged down in the trenches of the spiritual warfare or of the ministry that you're a part of and to have someone come alongside of you and and really help uplift and help walk alongside is just really an incredible thing. And in Jamaica, we were directly connected to the church, to multiple churches, and in Michigan, we're directly connected to God's church there. And I think that's also a, a cool, a really biblical component of it, because even when we go, the the seeds that have been planted can be watered, can be taken care of by the church that still remains in the area. That's right. Uh, and I think that's that's a, a really awesome thing. Uh, it is. But I, I do. I do want to say this because yeah. I think this is sometimes where the confusion comes. Uh, I don't think that uh, one mission trip a year a year is a good substitute for mission work in your Jerusalem. And mm. and I and I want to say that because a lot of times I think that's where the problem comes from is that people say, well, why do you have to go elsewhere? Uh, and if that's all you're doing is going elsewhere, oh, I for sure. I get the question, and right. I'm sure you would too. Yeah, but but if if you are ministering in your Jeru- Jerusalem the rest of the the weeks and days of the year, then if God gives you the opportunity to continue that ministry in 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 the uttermost, then I think that that's a great privilege and opportunity to share the gospel there too. Yes. Uh, and to learn and to grow, to come back and to continue to minister what God showed you in your Jerusalem. So uh, I just wanted to say that because sometimes people are like, well, I don't know. I've heard in the past, well, why do you have to go there? Well, as long as that person, uh, 50, however many weeks of the year they're ministering in their Jerusalem, I think it's a, it's a great honor and privilege. But I don't think that the only ministry we need to be doing is is um, to that one week uttermost mission trip that we 
we may go on if we're not willing to be uh, an evangelist, a, a sharer of the gospel in our own backyard. So, I think a big part of that is understanding what church ministry really is biblically and should be. Yeah, because you hear all these. We, we announce things from the stage like. Uh, you know, mission trips, opportunities of a lifetime, but those are often, you know, uh, to to fill a volunteer spots for a church function. Yeah. And that's perfectly okay. That's what we do as a church body. There's nothing uh, to take back from that. However, it is a big jump if you take that, if that's your only uh, experience of ministry or taking part in ministry or hearing, if there's no personal felt need to take the gospel to your circle, even think of it in a micro sense, your Jerusalem, what about your your family, your yeah. neighbors? Yep. You are, just as the church is, you are a member and ambassador for Christ, yep. just as we all are. So the gospel ministry really starts there. And of course, it is very overwhelming, especially today. I get overwhelmed by the thought of talking to somebody about the gospel. Yeah. It feels, feels very offensive. It feels very in your face i wouldn't like it if somebody talked to me about another faith and that's you know it's just we we shy away from that kind of thing i totally get that and i'm with you however yeah. it's a part of dying to yourself and i still have a lot of work to do dying to myself me too in terms of being intentional about not being rude and abrasive as if to pull someone in uh, you know, against their will to your faith, but to share Christ and yeah. to have the gospel really shine through. I, I saw that even at the school today. We went to and got a Christian student fellowship at a, at a local school, and um, I have the honor to teaching next week when we're, you're gone, and I am glad I came today. Um, it's just those kind of things, especially if you feel dry in your faith, like yeah. there's real energy that comes from that. When you yeah. actually get to see Life change. We had another experience together at a at a hospital the other day to go. Just these things where you see uh, life change happening, like actually, yeah. and not just in your life. It changes everything, yeah. and it, it changes your own pers- perspective on the gospel, the power of God, yeah. the power of the Holy Spirit. To see someone else understand. Um, it 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 changes the whole game. At least it does for me in terms of how I. Uh, you know, view Christ and the perspective of the faith it becomes so much more active, so much more exciting. Yeah. And if you haven't had that experience, that does involve stepping out, but it's not as big of a step as you think. Yeah, it's often not. I mean, it, it does. I always think of it in terms of frame of reference. You know, every step that you take that's outside of your general, this is the way that I look at the world. God can use that to expand what you see of the world little by little. And, you know, it's really, you know, even going, you know, five miles or whatever it is down the road to a school. I mean, the world that we that Andrew and I live in, you know, it's <laughs> it maybe this and that is like, whoop, you know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> It's like, uh, yeah, when you get, but, but it's, it's so amazing and incredible to see how God works in the midst of that too. And there may be times of chaos, but you learn that just because there may be some talkative folks and there may be a little bit of goofing around that, that God can bring that all together and the spirit can still work through that in the life and of these, of these teenagers and, and the gospel can still be proclaimed there. Uh, and it is a little bit of a culture shock in the sense of, it's not like.
like, hey, everyone come in and have a seat and be still and listen and don't make too much noise. It's like, let's try to give to, to take five to 10 minutes. 10 minutes would be absolute top if you would just put your phone down and listen, you know, but it's so incredible to see what God does like and to see how he multiplies and how he is faithful to be there even in the midst of that. Uh, and that's what happens when we when we go outside the walls of the church and if, whether it's through church planting in, in an area where the gospel isn't present or whether it's through mission trips in an area that you may not be at ministering the rest of the year, God will reveal truth to you and I that, it, that is so amazing. It'll allow us to grow so closer because it gets us out of our comfort zone. And when we get out of our comfort zone, what we end up doing is relying on God more. If we stay in our area of comfort, then we are good where we are. Like we've got it under control and there's no challenge to that. Oftentimes it's just like, well, I know what to expect. I know how to act. I know what to do. I know what, and then, and then, then there's no like, well, let's see what you do. If it's not just exactly what, what you want, because in that scenario, you're still kind of in control of that. Right. But to go beyond yourself and say, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen and I don't know how I'm going to be able to reach him. And the reality is we can't, only he can, but I'm going to trust you and be obedient the best that I can. And when you really see God step in and work, it does change everything. And I mean, in the, in the hospital visit the other day, the way the Lord was so amazing, amazingly there and impacting the life that was there. And you got to see that and be in the presence of what God was doing. Doing, it's just it it it's a game changer. I mean, it makes all the difference. I think, and that illustrates even in that circumstance how the gospel inherently goes forward just by its nature. Yeah, we're just we we did we haven't I haven't done much except visit this person in hospital care facility. Not even you know just once a week. Not even that consistently or that often, um, consistently, but not extremely often. And just by the kindness of that family member sees that kindness or not even on, on my behalf, you know, just that, that, that fellowship there that comes with that. And we, we were sharing, you know, that person doesn't have that. So it's infectious just even on that level to where I never, we never even have seen this person face to face to say Jesus is the son of God, the king of kings, laid out the whole spiel. That's not what it is. It's just as God brings that supernatural change, he is also the God as we saw on earth and now of that physical comfort, the provision there, and those go hand in hand as they will be in eternity. That restoration of Eden and the new earth is that in its purest form of God interacting with mankind was the most physical possible you know they saw each other face to face and they were hanging out together as well as the most spiritual and those go together so um that's a big part of it with with what you're saying is that 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 love of people that's what scripture says if if you don't have have love then you're just a resounding gong or clanging symbol and that's probably the fear you know of me and a lot is that you'll just be disregarded as somebody who uh who is out of touch or doesn't get it but if you lead with that love that opens 
a lot of doors and that doesn't preclude you know exclude you from being the truest gospel witness that you can either uh, you know a, a objection might be you know you're giving out coats but where's the gospel you know why why do you give out coats at this mission trip if you're not giving out tracks you know with like it has to be one for one but really true gospel doors open when you when you love someone first and the truest form yeah. of that love, as Jesus said, was giving up or the scriptures giving up your life for your friend. Yeah. When you give of yourself, people see Christ in that yeah. and will both be more receptive to the gospel uh, message as well as that way of life that comes with it because it does lead to life. That's right. Yeah. And, you know, and it is the gospel. I mean, I think uh, for those of you out there today, I just want to share this too. This was a verse I was reading today. Uh, sometimes we overcomplicate it, right? We think, well, we can't do this. Like, you know, whether, whatever it may be, like how, how can God use me? I don't know. I don't know what the words to say. I don't know. I don't know all the Bible. I don't know verse references. And I, I've heard these things at different times oh, in yeah. life, you know, uh-huh. and it's like, we, we, tr- we overcomplicate it so often and we overthink it so much that we're like we we scare ourselves away from it and it's like no but that's that's what god he wants to he wants to walk beside you as you go out for him i mean he wants to be your strength he wants to shed his show his love through you but we have to be willing to be obedient and go and and, and i was reading this paul said uh in second uh, corinthians 11 uh but i fear uh, lest any means as the serpent beguiled eve through his subtlety so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in christ um, and so one of the things he was afraid of was that they would get away from the simplicity that's that's found in Christ in the gospel and follow after some of these others that apparently were there and boasting of great things or leading them astray. And he's like, listen, you need to just stick to the gospel. Like you don't have to have every single answer. There's nobody that does other than Jesus Christ. There's nobody that has every single answer probably lined out that goes. But what we do know is what Christ has done for us. And that's what we can take to the world. And so I would, I would challenge those that may say, well, I, I just, I don't see how I could be used this way, or I, I don't think I know enough, or all of the I don't thinks and say, listen, you, you just keep it simple and keep it Jesus, and and God will be faithful through that. He's already been faithful through his son, Jesus, to, to send his son to die and to rescue us uh, from sin and death and hell and overcome all that victoriously being risen from the dead after, in the third day. And so we know that that is the message that saves that Jesus is the message, is the one who saves. And so I would say that to you too. Don't shy away from from doing mission work, from being a part of uh, coming alongside churches because you think that you're not good enough or you don't know enough. Because if you've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb, you know the gospel. And that simple gospel is what God uses. God, God saves souls. He sent his son for that purpose. And so that's what we need to adhere to. We need to stick close to that. And really, the more you share that, or when you do, I've found the gospel comes clearer to me as yeah. well. As you say it out loud, it, it it becomes simpler and more clear, more understandable. Because, um, well, really, I know I've found in, in, in my life, when you think it's complicated to share, ultimately, in yourself, you really believe that it's very complicated to understand 
yourself, yeah. you know, and that points to a deeper insecurity of being able to share it because you don't feel like you actually understand it. Yeah. Jesus did not portray the gospel that way, and he didn't set it up to where you accept him like once you get in the door, but then you have to get your PhD in gospel to be able to share it yeah, as if right. you be, reach a deeper level of salvation. What he said is, you know, follow me, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved. Yeah. You know, it does matter doctrinally what we believe, but, you know, it, it, if if that's holding you back, then that's not a proper understanding of Christ, because even though we need to believe the right things about Christ, and we do believe he's like the son of God, we do believe that you 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 know believe on him only to be saved we believe in things like the trinity um but we also believe in things you know like believers baptism and other things that are more you know intense as you share things more those nuances will fall further into place and it'll become clearer to you where all those things fall in because we do know it's only through christ that we're saved but experientially we begin to share and all these things come into our mind we don't know quite where to place it and we fear what if people ask questions i got to be an expert but it's 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 not that complicated as you were saying it's christ and that's the point of the gospel is that um you, you know, you, you see the, the Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses and um, all these other religions, even religions that don't rely on Christ. A lot of it, you know, all of it really stems from a man-made place, Yeah, right? Yeah. Christ is the only one who we believe has risen to life, yeah. that he's he's alive now everybody else is dead so they have reason if anybody to be nervous about that because it does rely a lot on man's reasoning and getting to a certain place we believe in a risen christ and ultimately that's where our message starts and ends and if you you believe and know that much then you believe and you know enough to share it with somebody else Yeah, and, and I think that, that this topic in particular is a really good topic for a podcast called The Jesus Follower because uh, this is uh, this is literally like Jesus, you know, this is what he did, right? Like he, So he did go into the synagogues, but he also traveled around the general areas sharing the truth, teaching about the kingdom of heaven. Right. Uh, I mean, so he was constantly, seemingly on the move, finding himself at places or towns where they were bringing all of those afflicted, all of those that were sick, and he was healing them, he was teaching teaching truth. Uh, and so this is really like following Jesus. This is what, so I think from this, we could ask ourselves the question one, uh, are you ministering missionally in a Jerusalem? Like, are you ministering in your Jerusalem? Like, you know, so, so we talk about this and Acts one eight says, uh, be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea. And so are you there? And, and I think that's probably the main, you have to start at that place when you say, well, how, how can I get involved? Do I need to be doing this? And I would say, uh, yeah, I mean, what a what a privilege if God allows you. But the first place you got to start is in your own hometown. I yes. mean, you, you have to be a witness for Christ where you are before you really need to be looking abroad, I believe, because if you're not going to do it here, then why do you think that you're only designated to do it somewhere else? And I, I even think like when the IMB goes, I might be speaking out of turn, but I think this is the case that when you go to interview to, to be a part of the International Mission Board, uh, that they that's one of the things that they want to know, like, what are you involved in as far as making disciple making in your area? I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure yeah. uh, that 
that's one of the qualifiers. And uh, we have some in the church that were retired uh, that may be able to set me straight on that if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But but I think that that's that's the first step that you got to look at. You may say, well, I've never been on a mission trip. I've never been uh, been out anywhere for Christ. And I think the question is, well, what are you doing in your Jerusalem? Uh, are are you on mission in your Jerusalem? Are you going out to lost people, to lost places? Are you sharing your faith as you go to the store? Sharing your faith as you go to work in your Jerusalem? You know, where is your ministry there? Uh, and then from that point, once you are active for Christ there, then, you know, pray and seek and ask God, look for those opportunities. He may give you a week, two weeks, however long that his will would have you go and share that elsewhere too, elsewhere too because that's what we need to be doing as we go is sharing who Jesus is. That's the greatest story, truly is the greatest story ever known. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's salvation. It's eternal life and in, in, in all found in Christ. And so uh, I think if you're looking for a place, when we talk about mission work, when we talk about planning churches, when we talk about being a part of all these things, you're looking for how, where do you begin? Do you begin in Jerusalem, but begin in your hometown and look for those opportunities to share Christ right where you are yes. uh, as an extension of your church. Hopefully you're involved in a church and um, and see what they've got going where they're going out and taking the gospel uh, outside the walls of the church. Yeah. And really look for when you start doing it, your spiritual life to open up, oh, your yeah. prayer life to feel much more effective, the words of scripture to hop off the page, for relationships at church become more exciting, everything yeah. will open up. Uh, the, the scripture is challenging. It says everything that's done, uh, well, that's not how it says it, um, anything that's not done or done not in faith is sin. Yeah. So really, it's it's a sinful posture as difficult as it is to say to uh to have this mindset to where church is only something that we do on sundays or religion or our our faith is something we only practice on sundays and nowhere else just like uh you know it's the case where if you don't go to the gym the gym is going to become a lot less appealing (laughs) you know (laughs) and oftentimes i find when i go it becomes you know you look forward to it more and more and you feel the physical effects and it feels better once you start doing it this might sound terrible to some of you as it does sometimes to me i fully confess to go and be vulnerable like that to people and set yourself up what feels like for failure sometimes however this is a step of faith that jesus calls us to leads us to and gives us the power to in his holy spirit and we fully believe just as we believe that jesus is enough for our eternal salvation that in the holy spirit he will guide us to life and better health spiritually emotionally physically because of your obedience in this and once you obey in this do this in faith then yeah just watch watch your spiritual life start to grow that's right well and and, and the gym is a, a pretty good illustration really because you know what happens when you you stop going to the gym for the while and then you go back it's painful right i mean because you get sore uh and it's very unpleasant and it, you know it can be the same thing when we get so stuck in our comfort zone and we're not doing we're not living out our faith obediently then when you try to start again it is painful it can be painful uh, but as you do it and you see god show up and you see god's faithfulness and just being so incredible to walk beside you then it's like oh man 
man, I, how could I do anything? When you go grow closer and you see Jesus clear, you're like, well, how could I do anything else? I mean, this is what this is what we we need to be all about. Uh, and so, so yeah, absolutely. I think that's a good illustration. Oh, the Jill, yeah, my mind works in illustrations, so I appreciate those. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, so it's it's just a matter of getting started uh, and knowing that you, there will be times that you will be rejected. I mean, that's just that's just part of it. That's part of the scriptures as well. You just know that that's that's going to be a thing. You're going against the sometimes the darkness that's in this world, and the darkness don't like the light, and so sometimes rejection comes as a result. But they're not rejecting you necessarily. They're rejecting the Lord and and the gospel. And so uh, you just have to know that and know that Jesus, our our example as a Jesus follower, our Savior, was rejected as well. Uh, yep. But he kept his eyes focused on the main thing, and we need to do the same. And I think it'll make all the difference. I think so, too. That's yeah. a good word. Yeah. Would you mind if I prayed for us before we left today? Yeah. And uh, we hope uh, to see you next week. For those in our church, uh, we just keep pressing on, and uh, God is going to reveal himself yeah. continually as we grow closer to uh, eternity one day. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, let me pray for us. Father, we thank you for who you are, for the gospel that changes everything. Um, we reject the notion of our day today that we are autonomous beings, that, uh, the, the, you know, this postmodern idea that uh, we can ultimately decide our fate and that we are in control of our own destiny. Father, we know that's that's not the case. And when we do have control, uh, the Bible says that men love darkness rather than light. Our, our, because of sin, our, our tastes are out of whack. They're completely off. And we enjoy sin more than we enjoy you naturally. And in fact, our, our flesh rejects you, and, and it has. But your spirit has woken us up, has revived us, those who, who follow you, Christ, and, and we want to obey you. We want to be transformed into your image and to what you would have for us, because we know that's better for us. So we pray we'd reject the notion that, um, that we can't be a witness, or that we're not equipped in a, in a certain way, or that we're exempt in whatever way. Just as you called us to salvation, you call us to sanctification, and this is a part of trusting you and growing in you spiritually and leading others to what we've found. So we pray that you would grow us and lead us towards you in this way, uh, first in understanding and in in trust and reliance on you in our hearts, and then in action, that we would follow that up and find ways to uh, not make it weird with our neighbors or our family, but that we might uh, just be an authentic witness as you have changed our lives. We pray that that would outflow from us, that would overflow from our personalities, our hearts, our testimonies, everything. Um, you're the only one who could do that, just as you're the only one who could raise us. We pray that we would not waste our lives by settling for anything less than what you would have for us. So, Father, we thank you, and we pray that you would continue to lead us towards you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Sorry about that sneeze. Midway. <laughs> Sorry, you all. That was uh, it's tough to hold those in. <laughs> you know? I've been sneezing all day. Yeah. Um, but thank you. We appreciate it. We'll see you um, Monday. Yep. And uh, have a great we'll evening. Keep going. Great rest of the week. Thanks for being here.